Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. There was a real beautiful young girl standing next to an incredibly intimidating man with muscles and a beard. The lights were, that was quick. Yeah, you. <laughs> the only guy with a beard and biceps like that. Is that your wife? Yes. God just had a word for both of you as you were praying. Is it okay if I pray for you? It'd be weird if you said no. Yeah. I'd probably listen because of those arms. But what I heard for you guys, and you can just hold hands, is I heard that God is recovering all things for you. He's restoring all things. And recovery, what it, what it simply means is he's regaining for you possession of things that should have been yours. And I see him restoring things for you, which means he's bringing it back from where it is back to original design, original purpose. And I see him healing things that seemed incredibly wounded, restoring it perfectly, repairing it perfectly. And the Bible says he's our comforter. And I see for both of you that you can trust him in this process. It was painful, but it is ending beautiful in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And then, gentlemen in the blue sweatshirt, how are you? Yeah, you on the railing. How are you? I just, the word I had for you is, is during worship was I felt like God was saying, there's a fresh wind coming for you. And, and there's things in your life, and I don't know you, I don't know what this is referring to, but it, it's like it's been almost suffocating to breathe. And I see God like smashing this glass box over your life to where you can breathe fresh air again. And it, it's so much lighter and it's so much healthier and it's so much more free what he has for you. And it, it, you felt trapped, but that's not where you're meant to be. You're, you're, your destination is not your destiny. And what I see God doing is, is un, un refreshing things, healing things. And, and for you, it's gonna be like, like wind in your sails again. And, and you're not even gonna have to try. Like a, sail, a sailor, all he has to do is put the sail up and the boat goes and you have that up. And this is gonna be a fresh wind of momentum over your life in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Well, worship team, thank you. You guys are incredible. We'll let our drummer out of that Roman prison for a little while. For those of you who don't know, uh, we have Hero coming up. One of, my, one of my favorite productions we do, but probably the time I feel the most self-conscious because Christian Waples' six-pack is like in my face the whole time. And I'm just conceited that if that's what the devil looks like, I, I don't want six-packs. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't want to look anything like the devil. No. Yeah, I don't know. That has nothing to do with my message. But I am, I want to honor Pastor Matt and Michaela. Pastor Matt's watching this from his vibrating chair, getting, he's been working hard, um, getting acupuncture and all sorts of chiropractic care. We love you. You guys are some of the best friends. And I know I've said this to you before, but like Rachel and I would not, have what we have if it wasn't for you. And, and it's, 
words won't do it enough, what, what you've done. And it's not because you wanted something from us. It's, it's because you're great pastors and you're great friends. And so we love both of you so much. And for Pastor Jurgen and Leanne, it's so crazy to me that I ever get trusted to speak in their pulpit. I've never seen a pastor who fights so hard for something he so freely gives away. And it's so incredible to me that, that he trusts his team to speak. And it's not like Pastor Jurgen didn't call me today and go, hey, what are you speaking on? Which would be totally fine if he did. But the, the radical trust that they have to, to see the best in people and develop the best in people. So for those of you who are new, you are in a great house that produces great fruit. So a couple things we're going to talk about tonight in the, I don't know, we might go till 11, 12, just, no. You know, Jesus, when he's teaching us how to pray, he says, your kingdom come, your will be done. And when we say that, and you might know that, and you might be able to repeat that, but what's, I think, healthy to do sometimes is, is remind ourselves, what does that mean? What, what does your kingdom come look like? What does heaven on earth look like? If, if heaven on earth was in Awaken, what would Awaken look like? And, and, you know, we're in a series about Awaken culture, and that can sort of be this, like, mysterious thing, like, is Awaken culture like a handshake? Is it, is it skinny jeans and this haircut? Like, what do you have to do to be an awakened culture? Um, and so we wanted to talk about that. To, if, if, it's, if it's confusing or odd, then it can get twisted and demented. So we wanna always bring clarity around what is kingdom culture and what is awakened culture. And just to be clear, it's the same thing. Like we don't preach from a different Bible. Like we have an awakened Bible, but it's just the Bible. And so awakened culture is just Bible culture. It's kingdom culture. And so that's what I want to talk about tonight. I'm going to frame it with two scriptures. If we go to Mark 11 first, this is Jesus. It says, I don't know if we have it. It says, on the following day, when they came from Bethany, he was hungry. I love that Jesus as a human is experiencing human things. He's hungry. He's, he's looking for something. It says, and seeing in the distance a fig tree, he went to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing. Everybody say nothing. He says to it, curses the tree. He says, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. Same story, even though sometimes in our Bible it's broken up. These are not two different stories. This is sequential. And then he came to Jerusalem. He's still hungry. He's still looking for something. He enters the temple and he begins to drive out those who sold and bought in the temple and he overturned the tables. Everybody say upside down. He's in this place. He just went to something that's supposed to have life on it. Something that looks like it's producing fruit. Something that looks on the exterior like it should be healthy and it has no fruit. Same for the tree, same for the church. He goes to the church and he goes, hold on, this is a temple it looks like it should have life in it. It looks like it should have health in it. It looks like it should be producing fruit, but it has nothing in it. And he effectively curses what they're doing. He kicks out all the sellers. He kicks out all the people that are passing through. And he says, no, no, no. my house is a house of prayer. And Jesus did that literally in that moment. But if you follow the life of Jesus, everywhere he went, he was flipping upside down what religion was doing. He was flipping upside down what people thought the kingdom of heaven looked like. And so we'll go to one more scripture. This is Acts 17. 
So this is Paul and Silas. They've just praised and worshiped so hard they freed a whole prison, shook open the gates. There's some lessons in there. They're now, they're now in cities and they're preaching who Jesus is and they're preaching what the kingdom looks like. And the religious leaders are so furious, they go and drag a bunch of them out to the center and they say, these are the men who've turned the world upside down. Everybody say upside down. The title of my message is The Upside Down Kingdom. The Upside Down Kingdom. It, to me, it's, it's fascinating, and this is what I've experienced in my life. Like, I, we, we always say if we knew church could be like this, I wouldn't have avoided it for so long. <laughs> because what I had seen church represented as and what the people who went to church looked like and acted like was not something that I wanted to be a part of. And that's what Jesus came in and saw. He's like, hold on a second to the religious leaders, to, to the elite. He's like, you've turned my church into something it was never meant to be. So I needed to come here to flip upside down everything you think about the world. And then his commission to the disciples was to go out everywhere and do the same. So if that's for them, it is for us. Um, you know, as any, I don't know if you guys have felt like in this time that the world is upside down, like we can't define what a woman is. Like somehow men can get pregnant or that like people are saying abortion is healthcare or, you know, that the president is the president. Uh -huh. That was for you, Pastor Jurgen. But if we're, if we're not careful, what can happen is we're almost complaining that the world has gone crazy. But what I think is happening is we've figured out what we're meant to be. I think for too long, we looked like the world. So the world didn't seem upside down. And now in this season, we've realized, hold on, hold on. I will stand up to that. I will stand up to that. You've got it all wrong. I will not let my schools talk to my kids like that. I will not let these politicians go in the office. I will not shut down my business. I will be opposite of the world. That's what we were always meant to be. So it's actually a good thing. We're actually, we're actually redefining lines that we let get blurry. We, we're meant to flip the world upside down. And so what, what I wanna talk to you a little bit about is why do we do what we do at Awaken? And again, what, what are we meant to do as the church outside of this? I have, do we have the title slide with all the um, upside downs? No? Okay, I thought we did. That's all right, I'm gonna tell you anyways. There's, there's a lot of inversion in the Bible. If, if you take a look at, there's tons of examples where Jesus says, love your enemies. He says, if somebody slaps you, don't just turn that cheek, but turn the other cheek. He says, if somebody asks you to go one mile, go two. He says, the first will be last. He says, the weak are strong. He said, I want you to see the unseen as if it's seen. He said, I want you to give rather than gain. I want you to, find, to lose your life if you wanna find it. He says, little as much. And even if you look at him coming, he comes as a servant rather than a king. So there's, there's tons of examples as you go in here. But for, for people who've been here less than a year, maybe for anyone that's been here, how many was awake in a culture shock for you? Yeah, that's good. It, it should be the case that a church makes you uncomfortable. Again, if, if, we're, if we're here meant to be different than the world and we come in here and all you hear is like some hot tub time machine, you know, comfy message, 
then, then we're not doing what we're supposed to do. It should, it should every week be a heart check of going, hold on, does my life align with the line with the word of God? And, and what area do I need to flip upside down? What area do I need to rearrange, to reorder, to restructure? I, I would say that almost no one had as much culture shock coming to awaken than Rachel. So for those of you who don't know our story, quick version is Rachel and I, lived together, dated, slept in the same bed, but didn't sleep together for like four years. And then she wanted to go, it's terrible strategy. Don't, this does not work. So she wanted to go back to church. And I told her in counseling that I would never go to church. And then like six months later, we broke up. She moved out. She dated some other guy. It's a whole thing. Um, I chased her around for a long time. And like six months after that, our neighbor invited me to come to church and I got wrecked. I got like radically saved that morning and has never stopped coming. It'll be 12 years this year. So, so eventually Rachel and I start talking again. I've been like stalking her and the guy she was dating, it's not really working out. And I invite her to come to church and she's like, what? You go to church. And the first thing she went, came to was our version of, of Twisted, which, it, which I was acting in, which makes no sense. And I, my character, I was Jacob from Twilight. And so, oh, do not show the picture. I'm spray painted tan like an Oompa Loompa. I'm in the tightest tank top you could, the, the people said the one you're wearing is not tight enough and got me a smaller one. Denim cut off shorts, and I can, I'm running around like a teenage wolf. Like, it made no sense. That's her first experience to awaken. So then, oh, they have the slide. Okay, we'll go to that. Um, so then, somehow, I convinced her to come back to church for a Sunday service. And she's like, I got to figure out what's happening here. Now, meanwhile, this is a, a man who said he will never go to church inviting her to church. And I was really good friends with Michael Coe, who was overseeing a lot of our production. And at that point, I was basically in every production promo we made. I think I was in three videos. And then that weekend was Freedom Weekend. And so they had, oh, we couldn't find the picture of this, but they had, I was wrapped in chains on a, on a screen bigger than this. And it said, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. There's a poster of that in the entrance to church. So Rachel walks in and sees this poster of me, like giant, bigger than any cross that's ever been in any church. And she's like, what cult are you a part of? And did they like make you the king? Like, what is this? What is going on? It's like severe culture shock. I haven't been in a promo since then, but yeah, no. I say all that to say like, there are people that come into this church and thank God they don't have that experience. 
but it is different. It's like, why are you talking about money so much? Why will you stop yelling at the preacher? Like, what, what is our culture? Why do you guys, what is the book of miracles? What is, what do you guys, what is Pathfinders and all these things? And so what I want to try to explain quickly is a few of our core values so you can understand why we do what we do. So the first upside down thinking and principle in the kingdom that we have is weak over strong. Weak over strong. I'm going to read quickly in 2 Corinthians. This is 12, 9. It says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest on me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecution, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I mean, that couldn't be more inverse than what I was taught. As a man especially, like, do not show weakness. Do not ever ask for help. Do not show somebody that you have a weakness. Cover up all of that. And so you see that in the Bible. You see that what he's saying is if you keep it from me, my power can't work through it. And, and, and some of my prayers early on were like, yeah, yeah, can you move like in this thing, but I don't really want to talk about this thing. And what he's saying is, no, 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 like flip that upside down. Tell me where you need me the most so that my power can be there. And that's, that's one of the most beautiful and humbling things about God's character for us. But you'd also see it in this church. One of, one of the things I love the most is we get to see pastors share incredible testimonies like even that Pastor Matt Michaela will, will bring their, their counselor here and, and talk through the things they've worked out in front of us. Instead of like putting on a show like, no, 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 we got it all good. They're showing you like, no, like if you put Christ in the center and you work things out, it's a, it's a way more beautiful thing to do. And what that, what that allows me to do is feel safe in church. That, that I, because of their vulnerability, because of their transparency, that I can now come down to an altar call. And one of my favorite stories is of Pastor Jurgen at a conference that he was speaking at, being the first to respond to the altar call. And, and I love that. I need that in a pastor. I need transparency. I need vulnerability. I don't need a, a, you know, a Sunday best show. I need somebody who can say, in my brokenness and in my pain, Christ helped me. And with the fruit of Pastor Jurgen doing that is 3,000 men at Emerge burning burdens. Because they said, okay, well if, well, if he can do it and God is that good, then I will make room for God to move in every area where I feel weak, and that's when I am strong. There's another version of this where you see this is the internal over the external. Jesus talks about this pretty harsh words to the religious teams. He says, teachers of the law and Pharisees, this is Matthew 23. He said, you hypocrites, exclamation point. <clears throat> he said, you're like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside, you're full of bones of death and everything unclean. Jesus was not PC. But what, what he's saying is that you guys have got it inverted. You come here and you clean the outside of the dish thinking it makes the inside clean. But if you clean the inside of the dish, then the outside is clean is what he says. And, and I have to remind myself of that, that again, Sunday best is cool. Like there is reverence in bringing your Sunday best to church, but the world has kind of twisted it that put on a mask, put on a facade, pretend like you have it all together. Check the box when you come here. Don't respond to the altar call. Stay in your seat. But that is not kingdom culture and that's not awakening culture. So that is point number one. What I want to ask you 
And what I want you to ask yourself after this is, when is the last time you felt upside down? When is the last, and this is, this will either be a confirmation, like, my God, this doesn't make sense. And everything outside of church and everything in my natural mind says to not do this, but I'm doing the opposite, that's confirmation. Or if it's like, you know what, I, I've been feeling pretty comfortable. And, and what, what I wanna do, I'm kind of leaning into versus what I know I should do, which is the upside down. And so when, when's, for, for like, when's the last time you felt weak? Do you hide from it? Do you avoid it? Do you numb it? Or do you push into it, bring it to God, bring it to men's or women's prayer, come to the altar and say, no, you know what? I know that when I'm weak, I'm strong. So let me get out of my chair. Let me come down to the altar and let me go to the only person that can bring healing to that area. Amen? Amen. All right, point number two. This is the unseen over the seen. This is 2 Corinthians 4.18. It says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. This is one of my favorite things about Awaken is that we are a house of hope and faith. And sometimes if you get in the little religious arguments, they'll criticize churches that sound like us and say, no, 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 they're a word of faith church. Well, help me work that out because the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So you're telling me you want a church that has no faith? Because you will then have a church that has no hope. And so, it, now we're not a blab and grab it church. We're not, we're not up here thinking God's a vending machine. But what we do believe is in the miraculous. We do believe that when you pray, God not only hears you, but he moves. And we also believe that the Bible says he's given you authority. He says, what you bind on earth will be bound on heaven. What you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. And so we believe that prayer matters. That when you pray, you're not praying to a God with his arms crossed. That his desire is to move in faith. And you see some of Jesus' responses. He would say to the man on the mat, he said, their faith healed you. Or, or to the woman that touched his clothes, your faith has made you well. So, so hold on, but you can't have faith as a church? It doesn't make any sense. So our, our culture is to be a culture of hope and faith. The Bible actually says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So, so actually, we should be to, be, to be doing what God wants us to do, we should be pressing into not the seen, but the unseen. It's a really easy thing to say. It's a really hard thing to do. And we've talked about us fighting for, through miscarriages for our miracle baby. We've talked about how we were able to buy a house in the worst financial year of my life. And that was so ridiculous. I wasn't even on the loan. That's how much in the scene it didn't make sense. Because there are facts, but what we believe is there with faith, there's a God who's bigger than the facts. There, there's some similar, some similar concepts in here that we believe in as a church, which is faith over fear. God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So again, when do you, how, how recently have you felt upside down? Where, where would you see that you felt more in fear or more in faith? That you were relying more on the seen or the unseen, more in a report or the facts, or, or believing what God's word says for you? There's another version of this that I love that's similar is, is little over much. Little over much. 
In Matthew 17, 20, Jesus says, very truly, I tell you, if you have faith the side of a mustard seed, little, you will say to the mountain, much, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. You see it all the way from David and Goliath to the boy with his lunch, that little in God's hands can be much. And so oftentimes, again, this is a faith component. Do, does, are you constrained and limited to only what you can see? Does it feel insufficient? Then you're probably in a perfect place for God to move. You're, you're, you're in the upside down kingdom to say, this is all I have, God, but I believe if I give it to you, it can become much. I believe that a young boy, while everyone else could tell the facts, you know, if you look at David and Goliath, the whole army could tell you the size of what he was, every piece of armor that he had. They, they counted the weight and the size of everything in there. Those are the facts. But a boy who didn't even care about the facts knew in faith he could take off the head of a giant. So that's our faith. That's our culture. One that leads and believes in the miraculous. Amen? All right. Well, last point, point number three. This one might be a little uncomfortable, but I, I hope it's not. This is to die over live. And that, that sounds harsh, and I, and I want it to be confronting in a way because a lot of what you'll see, Jesus, the other ways he framed this was like, if you lose your life, you'll find it. The last will be first. If you, he came to serve, not be served. He says, not his will, but not his will, not my will. What, what, what often this looks like in Awaken is our, our culture, kingdom culture, is one of serving. Is one of actually saying, I will give my life to the one who gave his life for me. And there's a couple scriptures around this. Luke 9, 24 says, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. This has probably been the, the, the scripture that's been convicting me the most. This is John 12, 35. He says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Later, John describes that love. He says in John 15, greater love has no, no one than this to lay your life down for friends. So when, when I get asked often, like for people who don't come to church, they're like, Mike, why do you serve so much? Like you're there a lot. <laughs> and, and like, wait, they don't pay you and, and you're doing all this stuff. And, and what, what I've realized is because I freely received something and, and in that got so healed that, that the overflow, my desire is to love and give to other people. That's, that's what I want more than anything. And if we're gonna be anything as a church, he says, I want you to be known by how well you love each other. And I think we came out of a season of fighting a lot, and we needed to, but I think we're coming into a season of healing. And we're, when we want God to heal our land, but a lot of that healing will happen through us, and not us fighting other people, but loving other people. And again, it's an upside down thing because the tendency is to be like, wait a second, you said that, or you did this, or I can't believe that. And we want to defend and we want to protect, but we're also meant to love. And so what I find for me, what you'll see in this church is some of the most talented people, like a Richie and Carolyn Hale, who will serve for any area and give their whole lives to this church. It's one of the most beautiful, inspiring things. You'll see people who were worship leaders at other churches wearing a high shirt here. 
When I first came here, it was like, here's a broom. Like, go set up. And I was like, hold on, do you know all the gifts and talents that I have? I'm like, no. Yeah, you got it flip-flopped. And there's something beautiful to not just serving the house, but serving people, serving your community, serving your neighborhood. And, And you'll see one of the reasons why we have so many ministries is because we believe that we're meant to serve in every area. So we have our missions. We have our marketplace, we have our academy, we have recovery, we have men's and women's ministries that are so radical and so powerful because they're all extensions of us as a church serving. It's not because it's like, whoa, how could we fill up the calendar? Let's create another ministry. <laughs> no, it's, it's because we believe at the heart of what we're meant to do is the best way we can love people is to serve people. And so, so my, yeah. So my, my question to you again would be, when's the last time you felt upside down? When's the last time you felt like you were dying? And I mean that harshly, but not, right? Because what I've found is that some of the hardest decisions for me were, was to lay down the plan and the thing that I was believing in and say, instead, you know what, God, I, I trust that you have something better. And I trust that you've said, if I build your house, you'll build my house. And it, it seems like you're giving up something, but when you realize what's on the other side of what he has for you, you're receiving way more than you could ever give him. And when you see and get to be a part of people's healing, see their marriage get restored, see their kids get saved, see them walk out of an addiction into freedom. When you get to see a miracle provision happen and you, you helped encourage them through that, it's, to me, there's no greater reward than that. I don't do this so I can be on stage. Like I actually fight Pastor Matt and Michaela every time they ask me to preach. And she's like, when are you gonna answer? And I'm like, never. Because this isn't what, we do this for, and this is not what the front row does this for, and this is not what the guy in the parking lot is doing it for. They're doing it because they love people. And, and that's what we're called to do. The upside down kingdom is loving people. It's, it's, not, it's not selfish consumption. It's not, and what, what you'll see is that maybe your serve is in the marketplace. Maybe it's inventing something or starting a company or growing a company to be bigger than you currently have it? Because how many people could you hire? How many things could you fund if you were a millionaire or if you were a multimillionaire or if you were a billionaire? What, what if you took your serve and it wasn't just on a Sunday and it was with your whole life? It was with everything that you did. Because Jesus did not come here so I could give him 10% in like a couple hours on a Sunday. And so, so my response to him is, Jesus, you gave me everything. So I give you everything. And it's, it's one of the most beautiful places you can be in. And, and it feels upside down and it can feel sometimes like something's dying. But what I've found in my life and in our life is that every time I, I, I let something die, I give it to God, the most beautiful things grow from it. And that's part of his promise and part of his kingdom. And I think we have that slide. I just wanted to quickly show, it's the kingdom in the world. Do we have that? So this, just to be abundantly clear, the difference between the kingdom and the world. This is what the kingdom is. Faith, hope, love, grace, forgiveness, healing, life, 
honor, blessing, peace, victory, prosperity, power, joy, and freedom. That's what the kingdom is. So if anyone ever asks you what the kingdom should look like, it looks like that. We don't need to talk about what the world looks like. You already know what it looks like. But that is what we're meant to bring on earth. When he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, what he's saying is bring all of those things everywhere you go. So when have you felt upside down this week or this month or this year? You are called to bring the upside down kingdom to every part of your life, your marriage, your finances, your kids, your work, your cul-de-sac, and even back to awaken, amen? We're gonna close here in a second, but one of the most beautiful pictures of the upside down kingdom to me is Jesus himself. And when I look at his life and I look at what he did, I mean, to be honest, if you were gonna say, what, what is the savior of the world supposed to look like? To me, it's like a superhero. It's like this bigger than life, Superman looking with the most radical sword and weapons you could ever find. And he comes and conquers everything and then sits on his throne. But instead, Jesus comes the opposite of that. He comes as a, as a baby born in a stable and the place he takes is my place on the cross. It's the most beautiful picture for me that Jesus did that. That in, and again, like we said in the beginning, he, he didn't wait for me to ask for it. The Bible actually says, yet while I was still a sinner, he came for me. I didn't come to him and then he did it. He came for me. What an upside down beautiful picture that is of how good God is. And so in these last few minutes, if everyone could just close your eyes, I want to give you an opportunity to do what I did, which is just respond back to God. What I found is the greatest way I could get my life right was to give it back to him. He came here to flip the world upside down, to, to take what we deserved and put it on himself and to restore back the way life was supposed to be. So if that's you tonight and you came here and something in this message is stirred, you felt upside down, Christ today wants to make it right. And all you have to do is super simply respond and he will take everything from you and flip it back right. So on the count of three, if this is your first time, like it was for me 12 years ago, or you're like, you know what? It's just been, it's been a hard week or a hard month or a hard start to the year. And I need to get back right. I want you to raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Come on. I see you across this room. So many hands, so many hands. Come on, all the way across this room. Amazing. If any area of your life you felt upside down and you wanna give it back to God, tonight is the night. You didn't come here to church to just hear somebody speak, but to encounter him. It's beautiful, so many hands. Can we all stand to our feet and give a round of applause to those who raised their hands? Amen. 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray and then hand it back to Pastor Alex and we'll, we'll make some time for ministry. But for those of you who raise your hand, a couple quick things. We have a Bible and a book we wanna give you and we have a response lounge over here too. And we'd love to pray with you. We'd love to see where you're at, what you need, how we can be there for you and what we can do to help you in the next step. So make sure you come down where there were a lot of hands, so we probably can't get to you all, but we're gonna have our ministry team here to pray with you too. But raising your hand doesn't restore relationship. The Bible says if you believe in it and confess it with your mouth. So real quickly, why don't you all pray with me? Say, Jesus, I thank you for what you did for me, that you died on a cross to take my sin. I believe in you and I believe that what you did for me was flip my life right side up. Teach me how to be what you want me to be through, my, through your kingdom into my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.